I just can't figure out if it's because you're advanced or because I'm stunted. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. I am loving. You do not talk about Fight Club. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Glacé Film Club podcast. Yes, it's me, Marcus, hosting once again, and of course, joined by my trusty liege, film fanatic, man of the world, and a person who loves to chit-chat about films all day long. It is my good friend, Callum. Callum, how are you doing today? Good evening. Hello. We've uh, been trying to get this to work for the past 35 minutes, haven't we? The internet has not been kind to us on this occasion, has it? No, not at all. But we're here and we're recording. So, no, I'm good. I'm very good. Obviously, it's um, it's half term. It's half term, baby. It really is, yeah. Um, I can drink even more now than I usually do <laughs> during the week, which is which is good. Um, yeah, I'm I'm all right. That's I mean, any big plans for the week? Um. Probably go for a couple of walks. You know what? I actually, I don't really have any grandmaster plans. I usually do, um, but this half term is, I think, going to be quite a quiet one. I think. Um, Revving up for summer. Well, this is the thing. Well, I'm, I'm moving to the big smoke, aren't I? Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I need to sort my life out a little bit. Um, try and put my life into boxes. And then move those boxes to somewhere yeah, else. Physically and metaphorically. We well, yeah, indeed. I'm I'm always in some form of existential box. Um <laughs> trying to punch your way out of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like but more tape keeps putting getting strapped on it. It's like it's just, you can't quite get out. Just the massive, massive big rock with Boris Johnson's face is just sat on the lid of the box and I'm suffocating. Um but you know, we'll uh <laughs> we- I, I, we could do these. We've we could do this all day. We've used a lot of analogies in our openings recently, haven't we? Yeah. In the last episode, we opened with quite a a metaphorical riff about life at the beginning. This podcast is going to become increasingly less about film and more about just our inner streams of consciousness. Well, you know, film. When, when at what point does when, can you separate film and consciousness anyway? Isn't isn't art yet a reflection of society in which we live? There's the big question of the week. Go away and ponder that, and please uh, send your answers on a, a, a self-addressed envelope back to us, and we will read those out. But that's enough of that, Callum. <laughs> we'll stop riffing because I can feel myself easily getting carried away into that, and we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about a film that we've both watched in the last week. But before we dive in and talk about what that is, Callum, as always, could you get your velvety tones onto that microphone and give us a brief overview about the film, please? Velvety tones, absolutely. Um, Uncut Gems. Um, It's a 2019 uh, crime movie, I guess, sort of gangster movie um, starring Adam Sandler. Um, It's about this... Jewish American uh, gambling addict who's uh, owns his own owns his own jewelry um, in the New York City's Diamond District, and he's uh, he's come across this really really expensive gem, um, black opal um, that 
he's found somehow in uh, a mine in Ethiopia, and it's taken him a while to get it back to the U- to get it back to the US. But he's fascinated by this gem because he thinks it's going to be able to pay off all his debts. So he's he's trying to pay off multiple debts around the city. He's indebted to all these sort of various sort of characters, um, crime people, celebrities, things like that. Um, it starts off with um, quite a visceral opening scene of the mine in in, in Ethiopia with the, the, the black opal being extracted. It then quickly goes straight back to um, New York City where you basically are following the chaotic, kaleidoscopic chaos of um, Adam Sandler, Howard Ratner, um, this jeweler who's basically seems to have lots of fingers in lots of pies basically um it's a movie about masculinity it's a movie about money fetishism um widely it was um by a24 studios which and i was talking to my brother about this it's one of his favorite studio production companies and i've seen a few a24 movies before and they have genuinely been really good um in terms of its sort of tone i would say it's a kind of cross between like a Scorsese sort of gangster movie um, and then a cr- another cross between kind of uh, a sort of 70s v- noir thriller, I think. I don't really know what it's trying to do. There's a lot of themes in there, um, but what I, the thing that I got from it was it's really about money and masculinity and the problems that that causes when it when you when you put those two things together um that would be my sort of general synopsis general overview of the movie so yeah thank you for that callum um great overview as always my initial reaction was just manic like the film is manic and i'm going to say that in a slightly negative way yeah, manic can be good in a film to increase tempo, increase the fever pitch and the excitement um, of the plot. But this just felt quite sporadically manic. It was like always something on the go, but not necessarily just in the plot, but in the camera work, in the music, in the audio. It was quite tricky and uncomfortable to watch, um, which obviously... I can see a reason there for doing that is that it wants to make you feel the manic nature of this character's life. But it just felt too much. It just felt like at times they were thinking as a filmmaker, all right, we've got the freedom to do something a bit funky here. So we're just going to throw some weird bits of music and bits of uh, colour and weird shots in here just to kind of throw it about and make it feel a bit edgy. But it just took away from the experience, I think, and the plot doesn't necessarily move on with these things. There's just a lot of manic things happening within one plot point. That was my biggest kind of itch at the end of it, was like, I couldn't really settle into that film, and I don't think I got enough out of it for it to warrant me feeling unsettled all the way. My main kind of positive was that going into it, yes, you think Adam Sandler... He's quite typecast in certain roles and you're thinking of maybe a bit of a cheesy type comedy. Has done a bit of serious but still got his type of 
role he plays in that. And I think to an extent he did play his, his usual type of role, a bit shouty, sweary, a bit obnoxious. But there was a bit of a different side and I did I was intrigued by the kind of depth of his character and maybe you could argue his characters don't normally um, have that much depth where there was a bit more depth and intrigue to this character. But it was just a manic nature of it that really it kind of put me off a bit throughout as much as I liked seeing something a bit different and something that was pushing me in different directions. It just felt a bit too much. Did you get any of that Callum? Yeah, I mean, for me, it, I agree completely. I, I actually had a bit of a headache whilst I was watching it because it was everyone was kind of shouting at everyone. There was no sense of direction to it. Um, I had Adam Sandler shouting and swearing about jewels and money, um, but then the things that he was shouting about were fairly nondescript. Like he was saying a lot of things, but he wasn't really saying anything. I just really disliked the the screenplay itself. The script, I think, was quite poor. Um, I really don't understand why it's got so like really, like good reviews as well. Like, I mean, obviously, it's it, 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 I can see why some people might have liked it. It's that sort of you know how masculinity and money creates influence in a quite a small sort of section of society like the New York diamond district is obviously only certain people can have access to that and it just kind of highlighted the sort of the chaos and the fetish associated with with that with that particular scene i guess at some point you're supposed to feel empathy for adam sandler's character personally i don't i didn't feel empathy for any of the characters really i i didn't really have any sort of care for the characters just because they didn't the story didn't give me anything to care about um it's just a guy trying to a gambling addict trying to pay off his debts um i mean the, I, I mean the sim i guess i guess the, the movie starts with um that quite horrific scene with the guy the ethiopian um, that's had a half of his leg um, severed from a mining accident whilst trying to get this black opal for this guy to then prance around New York with. I guess the only people I feel sympathy for are the people that have made him rich, I guess. Um, but then again, the film isn't about that. It's about him and his life. Uh, I just thought it was a bit... It, I, I, it just left me wondering, why has this movie been made? I mean... It's just a kaleidoscope of chaos, and I get why it's it is that it's supposed to create a sort of a chaotic feel, like that particular environment is obviously chaotic for those people. Um, but I just I just think think it was very good. Um, I mean, yeah. I, I guess I guess the the thing I, I mean that's the mu the soundtrack just didn't really marry up with the there was just a lot going on. Um, I just don't think there was any criticality to it in a way that I would have would have hoped. Um, kind of glad that he gets shot in the face at the end. As <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I definitely finally finally shut him up. You know what I mean? I did not like Adam Sandler's character um, at points where I thought, "Is this leading me towards empathising with him?" No, and I think that's probably representative of the film as a whole. Is that 
I feel like it did lack a bit of depth. And I know what you're saying there. The kaleidoscope of chaos is can often be a good thing in a film to serve a deeper purpose to push you in the direction where the film's taking you and explore where it's going. Whereas this felt like it wanted to go, all right, what are we representing in this film? Oh, like you say, we're exploring this hyper-masculinity and the fetishization of money uh, in this certain era, in this certain part of New York. And we're going to use this kind of filmmaking uh, technique of chaos to dig into that. But I feel like it's, oh, we'll pin it on this theme as something to loosely build just like a manic film round. And what it felt like to me was like the projects of some like teenagers who had been let loose who are like, like the teenage mind as if like the filmmaker is like, what did I want to like see when I was like 16 and like playing Need for <laughs> Speed? And it's like, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah I want to get... Kevin Garnett in a basketball player and we're like the weekends in there and I want this to be like like drugs then gambling and shooting but it's going to be a bit clever though because it's about more than that and that's what I felt like it was it was like we want to get all the like exciting fun stuff in there which we pictured when we were teenagers we'd want to put in a film but we're older and more sophisticated now so let's make it clever but by clever it just meant oh, we're looking at the theme of gambling and and being obsessed with money and a bit of family dynamics and stuff. But there's no real depth beyond that, I'd say. And that's the frustration. We'll go back to what we talk about always with the films is that you've got to be engrossed in the experience and it just didn't have enough to hold it together for that manicness to feel like anything worthwhile watching. It was just manic and all over the place not in the sense that the plot was i think just more in the in the shots and the scenes themselves like you're saying just people shouting at each other to no end constantly and a lot of re- repetition of the same things like his um the relationship with the debt collector who's part of his family and his his hired goons just the same scene to play out over and over of him getting beaten up by them and then him not paying him, getting a bit let off. And like, I get it, and it was meant to build up to that end, and it is it is quite a shock at the end when he gets shot. I get that. But it just felt like we're just going to repeat the same things and just keep throwing a bit more madness in there. And then that's the big shock ending. We've come up with this, this clever shock ending, and it's going to throw you off but we'll just keep throwing more madness in the mix on the way. And I, I don't have too much to dig into, into in terms of how the film then explored this other stuff because I feel like it just blurred over so much of it just by how manic it was. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it kind of blends a lot of themes from those um, movies. Like, it, it reminded me a little, a little bit in some instances of like of Tarant- a couple of Tarantino movies but then it also reminded me of like um, some of the old Scorsese movies. But the problem is, the script it just is not intelligent enough to carry the, the the chaos of the film. I mean, it is just people screaming at each other for no 
for no reason. I mean, the one interesting thing, the one interesting thing that I think the film does is when um, you st- when 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 the characters stare into the the the, the gem from Ethiopia and they sort of they see mm-hmm. their life flashing before them and all that sort of stuff. That that was quite interesting. I and I thought that's where the movie was going to go. I thought that it was going to be about people's um like with money in particular or with objects, particularly jewelry or gems and diamonds. People have a sort of a fetishization of what it does to you as a human. Like um it like there's loads and loads of sort of literature um, about the ostentatiousness of of wealth. I mean, when we were at university, for example, reading the uh, the the Against Nature book um, that for the French novel, where the guy puts like puts diamonds on the top of his tortoise and then takes it out for a walk, but then the weight of the diamonds crushes the tortoise to death. That absurdity, yeah. um, you, you could see elements of that in this movie. But the problem is, it just didn't do anything with it. Mm-hmm. It was just absurd for the sake yeah. of being absurd. And like, and they thought that that's. I feel like that that's what the the director and the writers thought would would take the movie forward. That the, the absurd people will like the absurdity. Um, and it just wasn't. It just didn't really do anything with it. Like with, when they were staring into the the black opal, and like, you could they could see their sort of childhood or their future and their past and their present and how that blurred, that, that created a sort of outer body experience that people can have when they see huge amounts of wealth. It's like, how do you describe seeing something that's worth, a mil- holding something that's worth over a million dollars in your hand? Um, how do you, how can you describe that experience through feeling? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, you can't really because it's such an obscene amount of money or obscene amount or an obscene amount of value that's been given to an object, you you yeah. you might struggle to sort of conceptualize what what that might feel like, and the movie mm-hmm. does do that a little bit. I mean, I think I think I'm giving it a little bit too much credit there, um, but I feel like it could have done more with that element of it, but it doesn't. It just turns yeah. into this sort of like um, movie about Adam Sandler's character about how he's in debt to these debt collectors and it's just him and he's just basically going around town trying to pay off all these debts it's just it's just a little bit too predictable and it just didn't really do anything for me in that respect i get you i get you and like just thinking about it then like because it feels like it is a bit alternative and don't get me wrong it is a bit alternative in the way that it's being quite manic and um like you said, it's got like an uncomfortable uh, soundtrack to it and it makes it, you know, there's a lot going on and visually there's a few funky bits going on, but it feels like alternative cinema for the Fast and Furious fan. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah, that's a good point. It's yeah. got those tropes of Fast and Furious in that kind of um, the visual as the physical aspects of money, drugs, women, jewellery. Uh, violence but it's let's see what we can do with those themes in a bit more of a a slightly edgy way but i feel like the edginess is just put in there without much thought it's just so it can be a a slightly alternative film and i that's where i kind of i do align with with what you were saying is that it, it doesn't do anything with those themes isn't in the terms that i can see what you mean by saying with, for example, the jewellery and the obsession with wealth. And there were points in it where you think that, oh, is there 
is there a kind of exploration here of is this character going on a journey of realization or is this character meant to be someone lost within the drama of all this um and we it's serving the purpose of highlighting how obscene it is but it just felt like the filmmaker would go down that path but then have the urge to still glorify it and that's what i mean by the the fast and furious element of it is that there are parts and they know exactly what you mean by saying that idea of glorifying wealth and you think okay this film's criticizing this it's like got kevin garnett playing himself and he's playing a joke version of himself which he absolutely is but it feels like it gets to that point backs away and goes actually no we still want to show some excitement and like we'd still rather lean towards violent shooting them up and laughing and actually thinking this is quite funny scenario than going down the line of going what is going on here like this is ridiculous and when we think about why it's ridiculous it's not because it's crazy visually it's because what it all stands for is crazy and it just shies well away from that i think in favor of um playing to whatever they see their audiences and i think the inclusion of the weekend is just is a, a test to that is that you could view it as oh look they've made this funky by they've got kevin garnett playing himself and weekend playing himself as like daft versions of them but i I don't think it plays out like that, really. Yes, they are playing kind of like imagined versions of themselves, but in the end, they just big up what their uh, real-life persona and traits are anyway, and those and those themes get kind of um, glorified in the film. So yeah. it just doesn't sit. I think that our, in a, our struggle with tying things together is kind of what the film is. It doesn't really tie many things together, with and doesn't really go at many things. It's just kind of like a bit of chaos for a while. Here's all the things that we like to go in because they're quite exciting, and then there's that. We've thought of a slightly clever, shocking ending, and that's a film. I feel like it's a bit of a. It's like a pound shop Tarantino movie. Like it's trying sure. to. It's trying to be this sort of like absurd, edgy, hyper masculine, hyper violent funny movie and it's just not funny (laughs) like i think it doesn't (laughs) reach the the heights that it aims for no no it doesn't at all i feel like the listeners and i don't think that's necessarily because of poor poor execution i just feel like the soul of the film is placed in the wrong area yeah actually want to be that it just wants to be known as that tarantino-esque thing but it's not actually got the conviction to explore any of those areas yeah no i agree yeah definitely i mean adam sandler's performance it's not bad i guess it's just like yeah it's just the 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 genre and the setting it's just a bit off i feel like the listeners can sense uh it's a fucking apathy (laughs) 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 um that this film has caused me it's just yeah but then again it's important it's important to watch movies that 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 challenge you a little bit you at least challenge your patience absolutely because my patience was certainly challenged at points (laughs) yeah for sure for sure but no i do agree like i was i was intrigued by the adam sandler performance and i think it is good to see someone like that pushing into different areas. I do agree with what you said earlier, though. It still did feel like 
um, a similar position of his role of just quite shouty and obnoxious. It was just placed in a bit of a different setting, which, you know, at times I did kind of like his character in terms of what he was offering to it. But as a whole, I don't think the arc really offered that much and was just, for the reasons they explained before, didn't quite work out or reach the heights that it, um, well, I say aimed to. I don't feel like it really had conviction in the the aims of where it wanted to go to. Callum, no. I think we should wrap up. I think we should, yeah. I think we should wrap this up with some closing views because what we've made clear here is that we've, 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 we've tried to dig into some areas and we have dug in, but the overriding... Um, thing that's coming out of this film is that it, we don't, it didn't we don't give like us it. much to go into <laughs> and <laughs> we don't like it and it's um, and it, it, it's, it's not given us um, an experience that we were wanting to ride through so I'm going to just give my closing statements I'm going to try and put some positives in there um, but round off my, my closing thoughts is that manic absolutely manic but not in the sense that there was a manic plot which was taking me to a, a justified end destination. The scenes were manic without much uh, justification for them being manic all the way through. It just felt like it was all on a level 10 all the way through and just didn't give you any change of pace to make any points. And it, and you know what? I don't think they really wanted to make many points. And that's fine with the film. You don't always have to make a grand point. But the plot has got to be strong or there's got to be extra depth to the characters. And I feel like, yes, it tried to lure you in with the main character and give you something there, but it just kind of kept knocking off in favour of just a bit more fun and uh, nonsense drama rather than giving you more of something like character development or giving a bit more depth to the plot. i say the main thing is what I touched upon that I did like was just the intrigue of seeing Adam Sandler in a different role, and I think he did buy into it really well and um, was conviction, there was conviction in what he was doing, but what he was doing was, again, like we said, just a lot of obnoxious shouting and swearing, which most of the scenes that just instantly come to mind were a lot of that. There wasn't as much tenderness or emotion to, to it all that could have been if they wanted to push these points further, which clearly I don't think they did, which is why I'm going to give this film a 5 out of 10. Callum. Marcus. Um, I will say that the film for me is just a little bit too chaotic. I don't necessarily understood the point of it in terms of like well, I understand the point of it. I just don't know why people see it as a good movie. Like the the reviews okay. are generally quite positive, um, and I I'm really grasping. I, I tried hard to grasp in terms of like obviously trying to find out why. And I just can't. I thought the script was quite bad. I just thought it was quite predictable. It takes a lot of themes, doesn't necessarily do anything with them. Um, I mean, it's a movie about masculinity, money, influence, that sort of money, and the fetishism that comes with all that power that money can give you, I guess. Um, but I just thought it wasn't very good. Um, I think it was trying to be a lot of, it was trying, to, it was trying to be too much, and it was executed quite poorly. So I'm going to give it probably the lowest rating I've ever had on the Glassley Film Club, Marcus. I'm going to give it two, One. two. Oh, wow. 
two out of ten. Two out I of re- ten. You've I really, no punches there. I really, really um, just couldn't see a point to it. And I think we That's end it. on that. We end Thank on that. Thank you, yeah. Callum, very much for rounding us off there. And there you have it. <laughs> the lowest mark a film has ever been given on the Glass 8 Film Club podcast. We don't hold back. We always dive in. And this one, unfortunately, has suffered the wrath of Callum's rating system. And unfortunately, <laughs> mine. But hey, this is what we do. We like to dive into films. And we will always give something a go and let you know what we think of it. But that's just our opinions, of course. We always like to hear from you guys. Share what you think. You might see it in a totally different light. Sure, you probably won't because obviously we're experts. We're training in this type of stuff. So what we say is right. But have a go at it. <laughs> have a go at it yourself. <laughs> but Callum, thank you once again. Um, we you, will be man. back. Don't you worry. Diving into more films over the coming weeks. And as I teased in the last episode, we are coming up to our 50th episode very soon. And we've got a special little one planned for you there. So stay tuned for that one. And clear through the back catalogue in the meantime. Like I said, we'll be on number 50 there, so there's plenty to listen to if you haven't gone back through those. But Callum, thank you once again. But until next time, that was the Glass A Film Club podcast, and we will see you all later.